0: When all of life's burdens pile up. I want you to think of that question as we um, get started with this series. What do you do when all of life's burdens pile one after each other right on top of you? How do you deal with the compounded stress levels... Of life, It's not just one thing, right? It's a multiple layers, one upon each other. What do you do? What do you do? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 12, the Gospel of Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. I want to welcome you to a brand new series we're starting today called Anxious. Anxious. Today is week one of a three-part series on the subject of anxiety. Now, normally, you and I, we can handle a few things at a time, but what do you do when the trauma, when the, the stress is exponentially compounded? What, what do you do when, I mean, think about it, the last two years, right? Uh, we've, we've gone from a, uh, a pandemic, right? Worldwide pandemic to an economic shutdown, to months of physical distancing, to now the possibility of a nuclear war. And that's on top of everything that you, already, you are already dealing with as far as the stress level, which if you just take the stress level of just life, right, transitions, jobs, careers, finances, if you just take that alone, that's enough. But how do you deal, how do you deal with the compound stress levels of, of life, um, two hours before I started working on the message, usually on Tuesdays is when I work on, on the messages for Sunday. It's it's all week, but it's Tuesday is my my like go day when I'm doing the research and I'm. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty demanding day. Two hours before I started working on this message, I texted my wife these words, and I want to read them to you verbatim. Okay, this is what I texted her. I said, "Please pray for me." This is the most anxious I have ever been. I don't know why. And so uh, this series was scheduled for you know, weeks. At a, you know, we, we schedule our series ahead, you know, ahead of time. And so I sat down in front of my laptop two hours before you know, I texted her these words. And then I sit down, and I'm writing some things. And I'm realizing, as I'm typing right in front of my laptop, I'm realizing that within the last few days, I drove about eight hours to see a friend who's in prison right now, somebody that uh, used to wor- lead worship here, somebody that I had run half marathons with. Uh, I realized that within a short period of time, uh, my, the, our HOA fees went from $240 a year to $2,300 a year. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I had a couple of meetings that didn't really go the way that I wanted them to go And I'm sure you've been there before I, uh, In another meeting, I was, uh, one of the meetings that I had, just a different meeting with the staff I get a call from the water company And they said, hey, listen, um, you are consuming over 20 gallons of water an hour and you, you know, so I don't know what's going on, but just wanted to inform you that you've been consuming over 20 gallons of water per hour over the last month. And I'm thinking, I wish you would have called me a little bit sooner than that, which means I probably have a leak under the house. And um, and so, like, I went, you know, I ran home, checked all the sinks, faucets, everything, you know, the showers, toilets, and uh, you know, everything was good. So, uh, but the meter was still running, so basically, I have a, this is a third leak, basically, in less than a year, and um, got the plumber there, they tore through a wall, they, you know, tore through some more things, you know, um, and charged me $400, and they say we, we couldn't find the leak, okay, so great, thank you, <laughs> I appreciate it, just coming into my house, tearing it apart, tearing it apart, and then you charge me $400 for an hour and a half, um, and then uh, basically they said you're gonna have to repipe the whole house. It's gonna be about seventeen thousand dollars. And so I sat in front of my computer, and uh, anxiety, right? Um, you know, and I'm like, how am I supposed to teach on anxiety when I feel like it's just kicking my butt right now? <laughs> um, I felt so defeated in that moment. And so this message today, um, it comes from a position of weakness. Uh, it comes from a guy who's in the trenches. I wish I could tell you, look, I got it, you know, I'm good, you know, I'm strong, look at me, you know. Um, Well, the flexing may not, you can can do that without the flexing. (laughs) Um, But but it comes from a a person that's in the middle of it. And I want you to know that if you're dealing with anxiety, you're not alone, okay? Let's pray as we get started. Father God, I just ask that you would, um, God, I pray that, The words that come out of my mouth will be your words and that they would go straight into our minds and our hearts. God, I pray that for just the next 20 minutes that you would do what only you can do, Lord. Um, I pray that this message that you've laid on my heart would penetrate us and shake us to the core. And so for that, we need your help. So we ask you, Lord, that you would do your work like only you can, and we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Now, who is Luke? Who is this guy? You know, we're going to be reading some powerful words, but who is this person that's writing what we're going to read in a minute? Well, if you know anything about the gospel of Luke, you know that Luke is a doctor. He's a pretty smart individual. He's a very well-educated individual. Um, He's pretty observant. Pays attention to details. Uh, he's a careful writer. The way, if you study just the way he wrote the Gospel of Luke, you, you know that he's a very careful writer. He has a, a special love for recording geographical details. And perhaps Luke's, Luke's interest in medicine is the reason why he gives Jesus such a high profile when it comes to all of the miracles of Jesus. Luke basically really focuses in on all of those miracles that Jesus did. And so for the next couple of seconds, before we read this passage, what I want you to do is I want you to picture for a moment that you've had a rough night. Maybe I want you to picture that you have been sick. Like maybe you've had a massive headache or you, you've you been throwing up or you've had a temperature. And in fact, it was it was, it, it, it was so rough last night that you said, man, I'm dehydrated, like I really feel like it's never been this bad. I don't know what it is, a stomach no, stomach flu, you know, COVID, the cold. I don't know what it is. But you're like, you're like, man, this is so bad that I need to, I need to go to the emergency room. And you go there and they, they you know they admit you and they do their thing, you know, they check your vitals and you know, they draw your blood and they start pumping you with fluid and they give you a room and then you wait, right? That's m- most of the times so that's what happens. You wait a little bit longer than you want, but you're waiting for the doctor to come in and tell you what's wrong with you, you know, like to make sure, you know, tell you, look, you know, if you, tell you what the next steps are, you know, take this, take that, this is what you, you've got going on, and so you're anxiously waiting for, you know, expectantly waiting for the doctor. As we read the, the words that we're going to read here in a minute, I want you to look at it as if Jesus is your doctor. And he's coming in through those doors, and you are so sick, and you want to hear what you're waiting, like with expectation, you want to know, tell me what's wrong. I want to know how to fix this thing. The Bible says that Jesus is our great physician, right, in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And so I want you to look at this passage with with a little bit of expectation Lord what, what are you wanting to teach me just like you would, you would want to hear from that doctor coming in and you want him to tell you some steps some things to help you with, with whatever it is that you're dealing with in life in the same way I want you to come to the scripture with that with that mindset and so not only is Luke a doctor and he's going to give you detail notes on, on this subject but also Jesus your savior is a great physician. He's going to tell you how to deal with it. So we're in verse 22. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Look at it. It says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be, and there's the word for us, do not be what? Say it, church. Anxious. There's our word. It's going to come up a couple of times. Do not be anxious about your life. Easier said than done, right? what you will eat nor about your body what you will put on I'm reading from the ESV verse 23 for life is more than food no really <laughs> I, uh, I've been trying to get in shape you know it feels like I sneeze and I just go poop. you know and I tell my wife, you know, like, um, Fridays is sort of like my cheat day. And like, I, I live for Fridays. I'm looking for the next place where I'm going to get the best, you know, the best meal that I can get. Jesus looks at us and he says, no, 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 you got it wrong. Life is a little bit more than just food, right? And it makes sense. Look at it. The body more than clothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Verse 24, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them. And you're far more valuable to him than any birds. And which of you, by being, here it is again, which of you, next slide, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour into his span of life? In other words, uh, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life, and the answer, well, I think we know it, right? Like, no, not, not a chance, of course not. If then, he says, verse 26, you're not able to do a small, such a small thing as that, why are you here? This a third time, why are you anxious about the rest? And I love this because it seems to me that Jesus says, if you can add an hour to your life, which is kind of a small thing, small potatoes, right. And, and I look at it from my perspective And I'm like I can't add an hour to my life I, I can't do that And Jesus looks at his disciples He looks at me and he looks at you And he says if you can't do something That's so insignificant If you can't add an hour or a moment To your life Then why are you going to be anxious about the rest And he's, he's, he, I feel like he seems to imply The rest is a little bit more complex The rest is Adding an hour to your life piece of cake You know I can do that in a moment's notice. Not a big deal. I jump to verse thirty. For all the nations of the world, and the word there is Gentiles. It's also translated unbelievers. Verse thirty: For all the nations of the world, all, people who who are not Jesus followers, they seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. I love that that he understands that the humanity in us we we go after those things like we yeah we, it's it's, it's it's normal to be concerned about the 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 things of life you know but i love that he doesn't stop there he also says and your father knows he knows that you need them so he says instead of going after those things verse 31 seek his kingdom and these things will be added unto you so I want to begin by giving you a definition of anxiety. Okay. So what is anxiety in your mind? How would you define this word? Now you can come up with a hundred different definitions. I'm not. I'm going to give you a definition, but it's just a working definition for our series. Okay. So this is not like a, you know a medical definition or anything like that. This is just. What, like when I say the word, I want you to kind of have a good frame of mind like as far as like what I'm, what I'm, what I'm referring to, okay? So let's put it on the screen. This is what I believe it, anxiety is, okay? Anxiety is the result of envisioning your future without God. Anxiety, can you picture it? I want you to picture it for a moment. Picture your future, okay? Anxiety is the result of envisioning your future Without your God, without your provider, without your creator, your maker, your savior, whatever you call him, your, your, your protector. That's what, so when I say the word, that's what I'm referring to, okay? The result of envisioning your future without your God. Now, here's something that you have to know about your brain and your relationship with and, um, and anxiety, okay? Your brain and your relationship with anxiety, Your brain is hardwired to react to threats in one of three ways, okay? Science teaches teaches us this, okay? Your brain is hardwired to react to anxiety, to threats, in one of three ways. First, fight. And that's where you you move towards a threat. Next, flight. That's where you, you run away from the threat. And third is where you freeze, right? That's where you, you don't do anything. You're unable to move, okay? So one of those three ways, and you, you watch next time that you're dealing with a problem in life, you watch if you don't do one of those three things. You'll either fight and you move, you move towards the threat, or you're flight, you know, you're like, you run away from it, or you just freeze and you don't know what to do, okay? But the Bible, when you study Scripture, especially when you study this subject, what you learn is that anxiety is a big no-no. And I'll show you. I mean, I have so much scripture in to back this up. You're going to get to see it today. God's word is clear. Anxiety is not good for your body. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your, for your mind. It does not help you. Luke mentions it. Jesus taught it. Uh, we're going to look at verses from Proverbs. We're going to look at verses in the Old Testament from Isaiah. Uh, we're going to see that Paul... Yeah, in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 in fact let's put that verse up there Philippians 4 6 he says it don't be anxious about anything like God doesn't give you any, any room he doesn't say don't be anxious about some things right or be less anxious no no he, it's a command do not be anxious about anything he says and then he keeps going right but by, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your request be known um, to God and so why is it that God is so strict with this, this word of anxiety? Why is there no, no room for, like, okay, it's okay, you know, if you have a little bit of, of anxiety. Why is the Bible so against that? Well, three, three, three thoughts. These are not the main points, but just want to give them to you. One, anxiety is unreasonable. Anxiety usually exaggerates the problem. Have you ever thought, like, if you ever hear somebody, like, oh, they're talking about you or whatever— you know, and the more you think about it, the bigger it gets in your mind. That's what anxiety does, right? You think of a, a, something that's going to happen in the future. The more you think about it, oh, the worse it gets. Anxiety, it's unreasonable. It, it's, it exaggerates the problem. Two, anxiety is unhelpful, unhelpful. It does not work. It cannot change your past. It cannot control your future. All anxiety does is it, it messes with your present, and it just ruins you. It makes you miserable. Trust me, I know it. <laughs> you know, like from Monday to Tuesday, I had the most anxiety I've ever had in my life. That's why I texted those words to me. I wasn't planning on, oh, I got a message coming up, so I'm gonna deal with anxiety. So I know how to teach. You know, no, no, no. I'm literally like, and I, I was at a point where I was dealing with. I was frozen. Like I could not. I felt like I could not move. And so anxiety it's unhelpful it doesn't work work is not the thing that's keeping you up at night anxiety is and so it's unhelpful it's unreasonable and it's unnecessary god made you he created you he saved you he put his spirit in you don't you think he's going to take care of you of course he is and so proverbs 14 verse 30 says it like this a peaceful heart talking about our health right watch this A peaceful heart A heart without anxiety Leads to what church To what say it To what a healthy A healthy body And so it makes sense right God's right like he knows it He says I don't want you to be anxious Because it's If you don't properly deal with anxiety You're going to be a very sick Individual Okay and so When people say I am worried Sick They're telling the truth. Doctors say this. Lots of people could leave the hospital today if they knew how to deal with resentment, uh, stress, uh, anxiety, uh, worry, guilt. Lots of people would leave the hospital today if they knew how to deal with it. And so for the remainder of the next 16 minutes, what I want to do is I want to give you three simple steps. You find yourself in a moment where it's like... You know, and you know those moments. I don't have to define them for you, but you find yourself dealing with a little bit of anxiety, three steps that I believe they're going to help you, okay? And I hope that you take notes. Uh, verse 22, look at what, what happens in verse 22. It's not on the screen, but I want you to look in your Bibles. If you notice, Luke 12, 22, notice that Jesus, all, all of a sudden, he's talking about future events. And in verse 22, he says, don't worry about what will, future event, don't worry about what you will eat. Look at it, verse 22. Don't worry about your body, what you will, again, future event, what you will put on, what you're going to be wearing. So here's the first first step, okay? Do not linger in the future. Do not linger in the future because anxieties... Sprout up like mushrooms If you wander there a little bit too long Have you ever gotten to, like mushrooms Like overnight in your, gra- in your, your front yard Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll walk out And it, I don't know if it's the rain Or humidity or what But like my grass will be perfectly fine And the next day I wake up And all of a sudden there are like one or two little mushrooms That just they just popped up out of nowhere That's what anxiety does And so how do you fight it Well the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 22, uh, 26, verse 3, he says, Lord, and th- it is is a promise, you will keep, watch it, uh, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, present tense. Lord, you're, you're gonna keep in perfect peace. You want peace for your mind? You want peace for your heart? You will keep. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed. On you. Do you want your anxiety to ramp up? I'll tell you how to do it. Super simple. Worry about the future. Think about the future. You want your, it it goes through the roof. If you, if you want your anxiety to go up, that's what you do. You start, you know, thinking about, you know, you, 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 you wonder there. Your anxieties sprout up like mushrooms when, you, when you're spending too much time in the future. You're trying to control things, right? That's usually when we wonder in the future, that's why, right? We're trying to control everything. Well, you do that, your anxiety is going to go up. And so here's, I think, the message of God is. Here's the question that God's asking you, whether you're here in person or you're following us online or you're listening to the podcast, this is what I believe God is asking you today. Do you trust me today, do you trust me today to orchestrate the events of your life as I choose? I think that's what God is asking every single one of us. Do you trust me today to orchestrate the events of your life as I choose? Or... Are you trying to make things go according to your will? And I think that's a challenge for you and I. And that's the question that God's been putting in my heart all week long. Lord, do I do, is this is this something like do I that I can preach or is this something that I can really live out? You know, it's easy to teach it, relatively speaking, right? But it's really hard when they're when they're you know coming to you with with the bills, the health issue, the kids, the, you know, the addictions, and you're you feeling the, the, the divorce. I mean, it's really easy. Anybody can teach it. You know the truth of God's Word. It's really hard to live in a place where you're like, God, I trust you today. So step one, do not linger in the future. Step two, look at it. Look at it. Verse 24, step two, look at what Jesus says. It's not on the screen. Look in your Bibles, verse 24. He says, Consider the burns. Now, I find it interesting. Jesus is talking about anxiety, and, and and he tells his disciples, "Look at a different translation. Look at the burns. It's a simple step. Like God, like Jesus doesn't complicate matters. He, he's he's talking about this subject, and he says he says just just look, look, look. You know, and I'm sure there was a burn, right, or a few burns. And if you've been to Israel, you can see them." You know, but just, he says, just look, look at the birds. He does it again in verse 27. So verse 24 and verse 27, same thing. Consider the lilies. He says, just just look, look, look at the lilies, how they grow. They, they neither foil nor spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like one of them. And so... Jesus kind of makes it super simple for us. He doesn't overcomplicate matters. We complicate things. Religion complicates faith. Faith is not complicated. It's pretty simple. You can have childlike faith. And so here's the second step. This is what I wrote down on my notes. Uh, Here's what you do when you're anxious. Take, write this down, the smallest first step that you can take. Take the smallest step first step that you're able to take in that moment when you're having that panic attack when you're like the worry is through the roof when you're redlining take the smallest first step that you can take when you're dealing with anxiety you feel like you're sucked into a vortex it's like you can't have any uh, rational thoughts You can't think straight you sometimes you feel paralyzed sometimes you feel like like it's just you're panicking you know your heart races it's it's like this it's like somebody throwing a thousand darts at you at the same time and they're and you're trying to evade them and you're trying to figure it out but there's so many coming at you you have so many thoughts coming at you that you don't know what to do and so here's what I encourage you to do take the smallest first step that you can take in that moment Jesus, hey, just look. Just, he doesn't say, hey, let's study Hebrew and Greek. Let's, let's do a bunch of religious activity. No, no, no. He says, just look. It's simple. Like, it's, a, it's an easy step. It's a baby step. So um, for you, it may be to breathe. That may be the, simple, the simplest first step that you can take. 30 seconds where you just breathe. For you, it may be to just I'm gonna go on a walk. I'm gonna get some some sun. For you, it may be, you know what, I'm gonna call someone or I'm gonna text someone. And, and in that moment, I get it. That the, even that step may seem like a, a pretty monumental step. Okay, but you know, it may be to take a bath, it may be to get your headphones on, and just listen to a song. Take the first smallest step that you can take in the moment. I get it, it feels monumental Because you just want to isolate You, you want to just stay in bed, right? Which is actually bad Because that can actually turn into, into depression And that's, that's a bigger hole And so Don't worry about the second step Just take the first smallest step that you can take Whether it's breathing, whether it's taking a bath Whether it's opening up God's Word Just take it Look at what, look at what, um, what Peter says Peter is a fisherman, right? He says at 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I, I see this as a, you know, I feel like it's, it's like casting a fishing net, right? And I'm, I don't know if that's, if that's where that comes from, but he was a fisherman. And so it's almost like what God is saying. When, when anxiety jumps on you, what you do is you grab it, you know, and you, just like a fishing net, you just, you just cast it. And you give it back to him. And it's it's the idea of just throwing off. Like just like have you ever had a bug land on you? Like you're at a you're outside your p- picnic, Fourth of July event or something, and there's a uh, just all of a sudden a bug lands on you, big, ugly green bug lands on you. What do you do? You know? You react, right? You you wipe it off, you flick it off. Like some of you may, ah, you know. <laughs> but the idea behind this verse, or the verse, um, is to do it quickly. Anxiety jumps on you, and, and God says, cast it off, because it's not going to be helpful for you, for your mind, for your body, for your health. So cast it off. Why? Because he cares, he cares for you. Last point. So number one, do not linger in the future. We all do it, okay? Control it. Do not linger in the future. Number two, take the smallest first step that you can take. Okay, sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is to go for a walk. Okay, number three, remember the promise of his continual presence. If you, uh, I'm going to ask our worship team, we're going to wrap it up to if you guys can get in place. Number three, remember the promise of his continual presence. So if today I found out that I'm having major surgery and, and I was worried that I didn't know, that I couldn't, I, didn't know if I could pay for it, okay? And I was anxious. What would I do? Well, I would look into it, right? I would, I, I would look into the insurance, uh, the, the, our, the policy that we have. I would see if, if that procedure is covered. Uh, we're doing this with the with the repiping of the house, right? We call them and we're in that process, you know, we're trying to find out if the insurance says they're gonna pay it, then I'm good, I'm not gonna be anxious about paying it anymore. The challenge is that a lot of people in life they're anxious and they're fearful in their word because they don't know what God's policy manual is. Or if they know it, they've forgotten about it. And so, so when you look at God's word, I mean, there's thousands of promises about relationships, about anxiety, about worry, about your health, about your past, your present, your future, about forgiveness of sins, uh, like eternal life. But what happens is, we either don't know God's promises, or we've forgotten God's promises. If you don't know God's promises, or if you've forgotten God's promises, you can't claim them. And so, you can go through life not knowing. Let me show you one one more promise, we're going to wrap it up. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1, listen to this. When you go to war, oh, I don't think it's on the screen, I'm sorry. This was, this was something that God gave me after the message was, was put in place. But now I'll, I'll share how this applied to me this week. So I'm just kind of going back to scripture, right? And that's a good step. If you can do that, I understand sometimes you can't, okay? And I'm with you. There are times when, when we can't even pray. Like we feel like, and, and the Spirit of God helps us pray, Um, But there are times when we should be going to God's word And we feel like, man, it's just so bad And we're such a bad place That even doing that is hard And so, for me I came to God's word And God gave me a verse And it says this, Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 It says this, when you go to war Against your enemies And you see horses And chariots And an army greater than yours Do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, will be with you. Now, I know that this is a specific verse directed to a specific group of people. I get that. But what I do with God's word is I look at a verse like this, and I apply it to my life. And I say, Lord, you know that I'm in a, I'm in a battle right now. This is, this is war. And God, you know that it seems, from my human perspective, my human eyes... It seems like the horses that they, the enemy bringing against me, the chariots, it seems like they're a little bit bigger than what I can offer. Even though I know what the Bible says, right? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, you know? But I need the reminder. Like, I know Scripture. Like, you figure after a few years in seminary, you know Greek and Hebrew and teaching God's word you figure you would know but you just need the reminder you need just to refresh your mind reset and so i read this verse and i said oh yes do not be afraid because the lord your god who brought you up out of egypt yes lord i remember you brought me out of out of that egypt and you brought me out of that one and I, at the time i remember i was there's no way I was going to get out of that one. And I remember getting on my knees. And I I remember crying out to you. And I thought it was over. There was one day in my ministry where I thought it was over. I said, I hate Christians. I will never be a pastor ever again. And I remember going to church and just tears in the middle of worship. And so when I stand in church and this team, which is an awesome team, ministers to me in worship, I remember how God got me out of my Egypt. And I remember that through the worst. He's always been with me. He's never left me. And so I don't know how this translates to you. But with heads bowed and eyes closed. ah oh man. I got two minutes, right? I got two minutes. I want to wrap. I want to do this. Look this way. Sorry. I almost skipped it. This is good. This is good. Don't miss this. <sighs> I wanted to wrap up with a, a biblical illustration. Remember Mary, Jesus' mom? How was she so confident? Think about it. She was 16 years old with a baby. I mean, that's crazy stress, right? You know, he, a few years later, he's looking at her son on a cross how was she so confident look at it in um Luke chapter 1 verse 45 Elizabeth comes to Mary and says these words watch this watch this we have it yeah it says Elizabeth tells Mary okay so John the Baptist's mom looks at Mary and points out the confidence that she has and she she says to her you are blessed You're blessed. Those are not the words I would have chosen. Okay? I wouldn't have said that. But Elizabeth has enough foresight and knows God enough to tell Mary, You are blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. I wouldn't tell that to a parent that's going to lose their son (laughs) To, to a cross. But Elizabeth knows that life is more than what happens to us on planet earth it says you're blessed you're blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said would do and so Mary had the confidence of God because she believed the promise of God so with heads bowed and eyes closed if anxiety is the result of envisioning your future without God then do the opposite and i understand i'm preaching to the choir but hopefully this is a good reminder remember the promise of his continual presence in your life and so i wonder how many of you would say pastor would you pray for me there are some things that have captured my heart there's some things that have entangled me in the last week or the last month or the last year pastor would you pray for me I wonder how many of you would say that today by raising your hand yeah God sees your hand he sees your heart he understands the tears and the pain the struggles the loneliness the worries father we hang on to your promises today we know that in a world where we, we all seem to be going after things that, that worry us, we know father and we believe by faith that you know what we need ahead of time. You, you, you're going to provide for us, God. You're going to be there. Your presence is going is to be the thing that makes a difference. And so, God, help us not to linger in the future. Help us to take the smallest first step that we can take in those moments. And, God, may we never forget the promise of your continual presence in our lives. God, like Mary, God, may we remember May we have that kind of confidence that you're for us, that you're with us, that you're in us. And may we live with our heads held high and know that anxiety is not going to be victorious. We're going to punch the enemy in the throat because you're victorious. You're the kind of God that brought your son back from the dead. And we believe in the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ today. And so, God, we surrender. We ask for help. We look to you. When we don't know what to do, God, God, our eyes are on you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.